Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Lion's Breath Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Owen. Uh, this is episode 48. Cannot believe we're on episode 48. Uh, I, I actually went back and took a look at um, when I first started this podcast, and I listened. I had recently listened to my first podcast. And it was on my back deck. And I, at that point, this was September of 2019. So it was about a year ago, a little over a year ago. And I remember uh, I had been sitting on the idea of doing a podcast uh, probably for like three or four years, ever since I started the, the Bloodshed page. And now it's the Lion's Breath page. And uh, anyone I told that I was going to do a podcast, uh, I would say nine out of 10 people were like, are you fucking, are you an idiot? Why would you ever do that? Um, so... After I heard that enough, I decided to do it. So I jumped on. I downloaded the um, the app Anchor, which is free. I've been using that for the last year. You can go to Apple and download it. It's very simple. And what I did was I just plugged in my ear, uh, my headphones, and I sat on my back deck and I just talked. I talked about um, why I started the, the the bloodshed page and why it was now Lion's Breath. And to be honest, it's uh, it's really, really, really come a long way. Uh, I've got Kevin Seaman here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna um, get into him. He's, he's actually going to be my guest today. Uh, normally Kevin is, uh, a co-host, but he has a lot of great things to say and I'm going to get him on here. But, um, you know, I'll be honest guys, sometimes, and I had this conversation with Kevin, um, you know, it's just Kevin, it's Kevin and I in a room with a microphone and it's conversations that him and I like to have. And it's also guests that we have, but in reality, the hardest part about all this is that it's just ta us talking into a microphone, right? Like we're trying to get across like the way we live our life, our ups, our downs, and hoping that it gets to people's ears. And uh, I had uh, screenshotted a message I got, uh, I think it was earlier in the week from, from a gentleman that uh, follows me on um, Instagram. And listen, I know I have people listening. I, I know the stats, but... It's always nice to hear people say, hey, Owen, you don't know who I am, but I just caught up on all your episodes and you guys are awesome. And the content you guys put out has really helped me and my wife get through stressful times. And uh, I, I'm going to let Kevin kind of jump in on that. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's really powerful for me because we put we do put a lot of work into this. And sometimes you, you think that you're just we're just talking into a microphone or it's just Kevin and I talking, or we have a guest on, but in reality, uh, the great part about this and the great part about social media is that you can get it. You can spread your word throughout the world. And it's really, really gratifying to hear people tell me that Kevin and myself have helped them. Um, and I'm going to let Kevin talk, but Kevin's on the same page as me. Uh, we do this, a, for ourselves, because Kevin and I, before we got on here, we have really, her, him and I have really good conversations before we get on air and after we get on air, right? And I think these conversations that we have will help a lot of people. Uh, and it's just gratifying to hear, Kevin, I mean, would you agree? It's very gratifying to hear that, you know, like, hey, like, <clears throat> this is episode number 48 and we have people paying attention. Yeah, I watched the, uh, the, I think it's called The Social Dilemma. 
it, the recent movie that came out on Netflix about the structure of social media and what it was initially intended for right. versus what it currently is. Yeah. And I'd like to think that we're using it for the right purpose. Definitely. Uh, to, to, to spread positivity, to do good things with it. We're not looking to uh, use it outside the realm of what it was designed for. So it, it, if we can use it as a platform to get some good messages out there, I'll, I'll take that as a benefit. And I say it all the time. If you can help just one person, it makes anything that you do worthwhile, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, this is also just for me too. Like, like you mentioned, like the conversations that we have, Last week we uh, we recorded a podcast. Yeah, this is outrageous. Yeah, and uh, and it didn't save, which we were a little frustrated with because it was a great thirty minute conversation. But at the end of the day, the thirty minute con it didn't take away from the fact that we had a great thirty minute conversation. So it, there's a lot to be learned from me just through this entire process. And if I can learn something and help myself while helping others, I think that it's really the intended use of yeah all of these social platforms. A absolutely, and um, like Kevin says, we do this. Like, you know, I talk about this a lot. We, I started my page from initially for myself, but the beauty of this is the fact that it's, it's just Kevin and I who we barely talk to her in the week. But on Sundays, we get an opportunity to talk face to face to, to each other, really which happens. is, which is not, which is in reality, you know, how many times are you talking to your friends face to face at a table, especially in this time of age with social media and text messaging and all that. But we recorded the first 30 minutes and it didn't save and we didn't have time to do the second 30 minutes. But Kevin and I sat and talked for 30 minutes. We talked about life. We talked about uh, intentional living. We talked about things that were going on with his family, my family, things we could do for ourselves that could make us better. Um, I think that's the beauty of this podcast. And I think that's the beauty of uh, Kevin and I, you know, we're, we're from different backgrounds, but we relate to the same things. And I'm going to say one thing before I let Kevin talk, because Kevin's my guest today, because Kevin has a lot of great things to talk about. He was on episode 10. He's got a tremendous story to tell. Um, but the beauty is, you know, Kevin and I can sit here and, and we can talk and we learn from each other. And we agree on, I would say we agree on 75% of the things going on, but we disagree on things. That's the important stuff. I'm more intrigued by the... Uh, 25% that we don't agree on. And that's something I want to tell listeners too. One thing that is lost this day and age is the ability to have open conversations with people that you disagree with. And it's very important to have those because you can't, if you don't respect your enemy or you don't have enough courtesy to give people the benefit of the doubt that they might know something you don't, you're automatically going into a conversation you're going to lose at because you're not open to learning something. A lot of right. people aren't open to learning because they're so headstrong in their own opinions that they don't like the idea that they might be proven wrong. I'm very open to the idea that I could be proven wrong on things, but if that's the case, I want to know why. Right. And this is a good platform to do that as well. So Exactly, exactly. And and two, just you know, just touching on on um what 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 Kevin was saying with this with disagreements. I mean, there's a lot of I mean, we live right now, this, this world is a crazy, crazy world. Um, but, and we're all different people. We're born from different families. We were raised by different people. We have different, we might have the same outlook on 75% of things, but we also have different outlooks on 25% of things. But does that mean if Kevin and I disagree on a certain topic that I can't talk to him anymore, or I dislike him, or I have to unfollow him? 
I mean, there's a lot of, you know, I don't know if the, if it's that this generation of, of, of people. I'm 37. Kevin is how old are you? I'm 39. He's 39. But I don't know. I, you know, I see a lot of this on social media. You know, if I post something and someone disagrees, they like to tell me that they're going to unfollow me. I mean, I think that relates to just the real world. Well, first of all, that shouldn't be a threat because it's not a threat. It's not an impact in real life. They're harming themselves because they're not open minded. Right. Now, before we that's a good conversation that we want to have. And I, I think I'm going to like jump on board and sidetrack. Do your thing um, to, to something I want to start out on that we talked a little bit about last time, but it didn't record. I want to take a moment for, for everybody to stop and have some appreciation for the people that they surround themselves with, especially their families. I'm a very big family man myself, and I want to take a minute here to recognize the kind of sacrifice that my parents make on a very often basis, even still, to simply make my life better. And uh, my mother and father recently uh, traveled, came up here, helped me out for an entire week, no questions asked, for no other reason than than just to help. I needed a hand doing some stuff with my house. Uh, uh, they came up, did so, and, and did it all with a smile on their face. And by all means, they were working the whole time. And that reminded me of a question that somebody recently asked me, uh, uh, truthful as well. They weren't being sarcastic when they asked. They asked, listen, you, you don't have kids. Because uh, I'm, I'm I'm a single man as well, so I don't have uh, a family or children of my own. Where do you find the motivation to live your life to the moral standards you do, or to do the things you do? Why are you so apt to always try to help other people? And my answer was was very honest, but it took a little while to formulate. And it's I want to be able to say that I've lived the life that makes my parents proud. I want to be able to live a life that is worth the sacrifice that they made simply to have children. Mm -hmm. People don't realize the amount of sacrifice that it takes to, to, to be a parent. And yeah. it takes until later in life where you can actually reflect on that and say, I want to live a life that can somehow in some minuscule way justify the sacrifice that they made just in order to be here and do what I do. Right. Because Without their sacrifice, I would not have amounted to a quarter of what I am. And those sacrifices don't stop over a period of time. They don't stop when you're a teenager. A good family will be by you for the entirety of your life and keep pushing you in the direction that you want to go. Definitely. Now, given not everybody has the best family life that I have. Mm -hmm. When I say family, it doesn't necessarily only mean your brothers or sisters or parents. Family can come in many, many different forms. Your friends could be family mm -hmm. too. And by family, I mean, if you have the right kind of friends, they will have made sacrifices in your relationship to allow you to benefit. Right. R true friends do that. They, they, they will sacrifice their time. They will sacrifice their energy to help you become better at life as well. So you need to live a life that's worthy of that sacrifice. And a lot of people forget that. They think that it, it's just some like something that they're granted or given. Mm -hmm. You know, they're narcissistic enough to believe that they're entitled to this life that they have right. without recognizing everything that has happened for them to get there. Exactly. And, and, yeah, exactly. and that was my answer. I, I want I want to live a life that, that can somehow maybe justify the sacrifice they make. And then you brought up a good point, Owen, that if and when you do have a family of your own, the tables do turn. And what it does, it does two things. One, it makes you realize the amount of sacrifice your parents had to 
give and do right. and the things that they had to, you know, take upon themselves to make sure that you lived a good life. And then you want to do even a proper man or a proper man and woman will want to do more than that for their own children. Yeah. And hopefully keep progressing and, and put those morals right. yeah. into their own home life. Exactly. I mean, for me, uh, you know, I've, if, if you guys have followed me or listened to the podcast, um, you know, I have a 19 month old son at home, Jackson, and uh, it's my first son. And uh, it's, you know, like Kevin said, you know, I do my best to be 20% of what my mom and dad, if I could be 20% of what they did, um, I'm doing pretty damn good. Yes. And, um, you know, it, it's hard work. And, you know, when you have your, your a son, a new son or a daughter, then you realize it's not that I never realized the sacrifice my parents put did for me, but it it puts it right smack in your face that, you know, the things you need to do to make sure that your son or daughter are going to grow up to be a healthy individual, to be someone that is respectful, to be someone that is kind. I think in this day and age, especially with everything going on, I I do my best to teach my son, I mean, he's 19 months old, but to teach my son how to be kind, how to be respectful, right? Because there's a lot of things going on in the world right now that people aren't kind. People are very disrespectful. Well, you also want to teach him how to be competent. Yeah. That's a big deal too, because yeah. there, there, there are times when you can still be a kind, it's a very funny quote. It's like, I'm a kind man. I'm a good man. But sometimes you have to ask yourself, what would a bad man do? Mm -hmm. Because you also can't let some, you're, you also have to teach your kids how not to be walked on, when to stand their ground, right. when to push back. You teach them to be competent, that, but you also teach them that there's a fine line. Exactly. And I haven't been put in that position, but seeing what I see through my parents and friends, it is not easy to teach somebody to do that. And it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of effort. So you got to have a lot of respect Absolutely. for that. And I yeah. want to make sure that everybody that I encounter in my life, that's a positive person that, that I show them that respect because they deserve that. Definitely. Definitely. And, and, you know, going back to family, I, I, um, I had, my father had a family uh, friend pass away earlier this week. Um, and uh, of an, of uh, she had an aneurysm and, and passed away at, at a young, very young age. And the whole week I have been very stressful to my wife and myself is, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what's going on, you're making $500,000 a year, you're making a million dollars a year, you back squatted 500 pounds. All that is a bunch of bullshit, not bullshit, but all of that is watered under the bridge. Because at the end of the day, the, the two most important pieces of, of your life is your family and is your health. Okay, because as I get older and more people are, you know, I guess passing away, et cetera, especially as I'm 37, you know, and, and it's like the clock is, I guess, ticking. But it's very, very important to remember that your health and your family are very, very important. And listen, I'm, this happens to me. I'm sure it happens to Kevin. You know, sometimes you take that for granted. Okay. And it goes back to the just, you know, I don't know, this is cliche or whatnot, but you got to wake up every day, not thinking it's your last day, but you got to put forth the effort every single day. Because in reality, you never know when it's that day. We'll get into that with my story, but too, I totally agree with that. 
And also, uh, like you mentioned, a uh, very good quote, treat yourself like somebody you're responsible for taking care of. Exactly. You know, like well, we all take this time to take care of our children, to take care of your pets, like take care of all these other things in our lives. But you also have to take a second, step back and remember that you have to take care of yourself. And if you don't do that, you're not going to really be helpful to anyone else. Because if your life is not in order, how do you expect to put somebody else's? Right. Exactly. How, 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 are, how do you expect to help somebody else get their life in order if you can't get your own? Right. And that, that transcends, transcends itself into all parts of your life. That's so, not just one part of your life. To all parts, exactly. To all parts. Um, um, so so uh, quickly, and uh, I'm going to just let Kevin take the mic, but uh, I had Kevin on early on the podcast as a guest before he became the co-host. Um, but Kevin has a tremendous story that I want the new listeners to hear, and I want some of the old listeners to listen to it again. Um, he's been a, through a shit ton of um, trials, tribulations, and it's been tough for him. And I, and I want Kevin to get on here and talk about what happened, um, the struggles, and kind of where he's at now and how he got here. So, yeah. Kev, Kevin, take take over. Yeah, let's. Uh, I'll, I'll give you guys the abbreviated version too, because it's it is a long story and it's tough to put somebody's life into a couple hours or an hour or twenty minutes, right. but. Uh, episode 10 that I was on dives a little more into detail as to exactly what happened. But the short of the story is, is I, I grew up my life, my entire life to the college age, I would say. I was very, I, I wasn't an outcast. I had a lot of friends, but I was also very like nerdy, shy kid, very low self-confidence, low self-esteem. Uh, I, you know, girls weren't really an option for me in high school, <laughs> even though, really? I, even though I tried, I got stood up for prom twice. And I for prom twice. It, it was brutal. It was brutal. But listen, it makes you a tougher person in the like end. Like you were at prom? Well, no, like two days before. Got oh. dumped last minute. Yeah, well, what do you expect? Listen, I had a mirror. I knew what I looked like. All right. But uh, but end of the day, uh, even with all that, I grew up with such good family. And my friends were such good friends that it was, ne it was never down. But I had some depressing moments, let's say. You know, mm -hmm. you can't make it through your teenage years without having moments where you don't feel like enough or, or you don't feel like things are going the way that they are for others. Right. You know, your self-reflection can be very difficult in your teenage years. And it was for me. And I did a lot of that in private. Most people didn't see it, but I had a lot of those times. Depression times? I would say, no, I wouldn't even say depressive because I think everybody goes through it. Like, I think depression would be a strong words, but you start to question your worth. Hmm. And I think that's just normal. And then from there, I went to college. Did you, did you have a good group of friends in high school? Yeah, I was very lucky. And that's what made it easy. I had a very good group of friends. Very good group my, of my, friends. My friends. And in fact, Ryan is a friend from high you school. You guys went to high school together. Went to high school. My best friend is... Shout out to Ryan. Good dude. Great dude. Great, great dude. father. Husband. You know, everything. Everything. Like, we, we can all hope to be that kind of guy, right? Yeah. But uh, end of the day, made it through high school, went to college... Got into a long-term relationship in college. Finally, <laughs> you know, I worked. But is that? What, but is that? Let me, let me ask you this: Is that what you were striving for? Is were you looking for that relationship? I guess. I guess I didn't know what I was striving for. Everybody wants the American dream. It's the American dream. They wouldn't call it the American dream if it wasn't the American dream. Everybody wants to have a great job with a great relationship and great health. Like right. But at that point. You know, when you're that young, you don't realize the steps that you have to take yourself to get there. It's not just something that's going to happen magically. You got to work for all of it. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And throughout the course of everything, I became more physically active. I got into some sports and nothing crazy, snowboarding, wakeboarding. I got into a lot of extreme sports, if you will. It was kind of like my niche of sports. 
And then, uh, and I kept on with snowboarding. I was very, very into snowboarding. And uh, I had my, I had young parents. My father was 40 when I was 20. Oh, wow. Excuse me. Yeah. My father's only 20 years old. So it's it's like a brother. Yeah. Super cool. Now at the age of 40, myself, almost 40, thinking if I had a 20 year old, I could see how he was able to relate so easily to me because it wasn't as big of a time difference as you expect. But you don't, that's wisdom that comes with time. Exactly. So, and then we get to the point where I start snowboarding and I meet about, you know, I have my friends and I get involved in snowboarding. And 10 years ago, a big life change occurred. I was uh, probably not the the biggest life life change. In in college, a girl that I was dating for a very long period, about four years, I want to say, went into the military. And uh, I was a very soft person still. Like I I didn't have a lot of self-confidence. When you say soft, what what does that mean? Because I I don't know. I I, I I use the term soft. Talking to Kevin right now. You, he's not a soft person. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was uh, very emotional. Not that emotions are bad. Emotions are fine. But I was very, I want to say I was overly emotional. I was very easily hurt emotionally. Where does that stem from? Uh, nothing. I just didn't have a lot of things growing up that I was beat down for, I guess. I, I didn't, ex- my life experience kind of started a little late. Like I was a late bloomer, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I was in this long-term relationship and, uh, and I held on to it so tightly because I never had one before. It was my right. first very long, serious relationship. And I was so unwilling to, to let it go or to let it grow in a direction it was supposed to. But nonetheless, she went into the military. And about three months after she was there, things started getting a little weird, right? Mm-hmm. And she, she got out of boot camp. She got stationed. I would go visit her. Like just things started getting weird. Like you weren't living. She was. Stationed. She was. Uh, she was in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I was up here still. Okay. The real game plan was I was going to move to South Carolina. Right. How old are you um, at this point? Twenty-one. Okay. Twenty-two. Young uh, Kevin. Yeah, very young Kevin. Um. Yeah, I want to say twenty-two. Just a guess. Yeah. And then, uh, the relationship was very very serious. I bought her a car, I, I like as a gift, uh, for graduating boot camp, like. You know, it wasn't the nicest car in the world, but I bought her a car. I, feel like right? a fun, I, don't, I don't know if you there, know this about no, me. Do you I, know this? I do. Ellen? I do. But there's also a funny story about getting that car back. Oh, yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a great story about getting that car back. No, um, but I want you to talk about this. I yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. So, so, but there's a purpose to this. Yeah. There yeah, is. There definitely. Is. So long-term relationship. She's down South Carolina. I'm busy here. I bought her a car. You know, we're both on the same cell phone bill. We're, it's very, very serious, right? She starts acting really weird. And I'm starting to catch on to it. And I'm like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Like, I want to always give the benefit of the doubt. And that starts getting, like, really weird. Like, I'm yeah. just catching her in things that I shouldn't. The way she walks, the way she talks, the, you know, actions, like, avoidance. Right. And then the next thing you know, out of nowhere, I get a call from a mutual friend that I made down in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And he calls me up. He's like, dude, what? your girlfriend's been fucking around with a couple of guys down here and very serious about it. And I just like, wow. but the way that he told me and what he told me, he was very specific. So it wasn't just like a hearsay thing. It was a very specific thing. So she so, was just your girlfriend. We're going to go a little more than girlfriend. Okay. Let's, let, let's just, you're more than girlfriend, more than girlfriend. Gotcha. Um, and, but you could tell that they weren't just general 
uh, generalizations that he was making. It was very specific, and he was obviously telling the truth. Like right. he couldn't have told me what he told me without being the truth. So all of a sudden, my heart drops. Like I'm in the middle of work. I'm in work. Heart drops. I'm in. I'm in a back room. Like tears are in my eyes. Like I'm. I'm really. Like I've never felt this way before. Yeah, because like, is this 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 was something that you were striving for so long for so for long. so long, and then. And then what happened from there is I I, I called her because you confront it too, right? Like right. You, you can't just go, you, that can't be the final thing. So I, ca I call her and I ask very straightforward, somebody told me this, is this true? And reluctantly, after a long pause silence, the answer was yes. And then all of a sudden, like my whole life turned upside down. Mm. Like you have to realize I, I bought her a car. She's on my cell phone bill. I'm planning to move to South Carolina. Like right. I have this life that I built that just got demolished. Destroyed. Right? Just destroyed instantly within seconds. And I've never been posed with that before. Like, what do you do? What were your initial reactions? Well, I cried, obviously, mm -hmm. like any grown man would, you know, right. I don't care who you are. Nobody's tough enough to not cry. Right. All right. Yeah. And and then I had to make a decision on what to do when I had to make a decision fast. Uh, uh, like you can forgive somebody, but that doesn't mean that you have to accept what they did in historic. The historic version of me would have maybe swept it under the rug and maybe we could fix this. And like the allegations were too extreme. We're living 12 hours, hours away, away from each other. I'm 22 years old, old. Yeah, and I shouldn't be in this kind of position. And, and, right. and why am I not strong enough mentally at this point? And I was asking myself this to, to, to you got to put your foot down, right? You got to do what you got to do to get your own life in order. Now, like exactly. you, you are too young and too established and too goal oriented to, 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 to handle this. So, that's the first time in my life where I toughened up very, very quickly. Yeah. Like, like it was a couple of very rough days and rough weeks, but I toughened up very quickly. But you were automatically, this is over. We're I, done. I, I had to be. Yeah, yeah, I had to yeah. be. Like, yeah. like, I can forgive you for this eventually, but yet, this is done. Like, you can't yeah. live this way. Right. And, and so was it like and a what big... happened was not reconcilable. You know what I mean? For the point of life that I was in. Was it just a you big know? wake up call for you? Huge wake up call to the fact that your life can be dismantled so quickly like that and you have to learn to be tough to put it back together the way you want to put it back together right so from there the, the funny story is so she has a car that's in my name down in virginia down down yes yeah, south carolina car that's in my name cell phone that's in my name and insured in my name like it's all it's, all, it's got my name on it right so this is where it turns all right you flip the switch got to toughen up so you toughen up mentally and I, you know, I have good friends and good family. So this is where family comes into play. My mom's like, yo, that car's in your name. You need to get that. I'm like, yeah, what do I do? My mom's like, we're going to steal it. I'm like, what do you mean? We can't steal it. I'm like, you own it. It's not stealing it. Yeah, you're taking so it back. I'm talking to my mother. Now that I'm 40 and they were like 42 at the time, I get it. Because this is how I think that. Oh, exactly. Because in her mind, I was like, yo, fuck this bitch. Yeah. We're taking this we got to get we this gotta, car back. We got to get our shit back. Yeah. Right? Did your mom like her? Nobody really liked her. <laughs> Nobody really liked her. Um, and they did. They, they liked her for me. Let's just put it that way. Right, right, right. So at the end of the day, my mom's like, listen, she's up visiting her parents. We're going to wait till like one in the morning. We're going to drive down there. Because I have spare keys and everything, right? Like it's my, it's literally my car. It's in my name. It's insured right. to me. It's a liability, right? Right, right. 
Like, I can't have you down in South Carolina fucking half the base while you're driving around in my car to do it. You know what I mean? Exactly. So you toughen up real fast. But my mom's like, yeah, 1 a.m., we're going to drive over there. We're just going to take the car. I'm like, fuck, really? (laughs) I mean, okay. Like, and I'm nervous. Like, my mom is all about this. She's all about it. Shit. My mom's the coolest woman in the world. She's like, yeah, fuck that bitch. Did you have to dress in like all black or? Yeah, so like we're all dressed in all black. We're like, we go, my buddy Ken comes with me because like my mom knows I'm going to be a pussy and probably not do it. And then well, my mom's like the getaway driver. And then we like, we roll up in front of the house. The car's parked in front of the house. I know this because I, I did it for a long time. And then um, when you pull and then, up, and then we pull up, you see the car, see the, see the car. My heart's like, what the fuck do I do? What the fuck do I do? Ken, he's like, dude, he's like super nerd, by the way. Like the dude, you would never expect calm as can be just gets out of the car, walks up, gets in, puts it in neutral, rolls it down a quarter mile, starts it and just drives away. Meanwhile, I'm still in the car with my mom. I'm like, Oh, I'm like we're literally doing nothing illegal right now. The best part was uh, the next morning I go to work and like feeling a little bit better about myself because it's the first time in my life where you- I didn't, I, I wasn't walked on. I wasn't going to be walked on right. any further. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't going to let somebody walk on me. And that's a big deal. People need to do that. That's a very they, big they, deal. They need to stand up for themselves. And I finally did it with the help of my parents, my, and mother, my mother and Ken shout out. But the next thing you know, my phone rings. And guess who it is? It's her. Yeah. Freaking the fuck out. Like screaming at me. It's like, who are you? What are you doing? Meanwhile, the car is hidden, like right. hidden somewhere. You have 30 seconds. Okay. Uh, perfect. Because my answer was like, enjoy this conversation because I just shut off your cell phone. Yeah. And I hung up the phone because it's I'm paying the bill. But was she trying to, um, was she really trying to get back or was she kind of like, no, nah, this is over? No, no, she was trying to get her car back, not me back. Yeah, no, but she, like, what, yeah, did she, she want to get back together? No, she she let it go too easy. That was a good sign for me, though. Yeah, that I did the right thing. All right, guys, we're gonna sign off because we're gonna just pop on. We gotta stop at thirty minutes, but but we'll be back. Talk to you guys. All right, everybody, listen, we're back. Uh, we're back with Kevin. Kevin, just uh, jump into what we were. Uh, That's all right. That's so he, all right. he stole. He that stole. Was a good time. He stole his ex. I stole my ex's. Uh, I stole my car back, and I shut off my cell phone. And then, but that was a big turning point in my life. But that was. First I think. Th- I think the the most important piece of that was, as you were saying, your whole life, you were kind of walked on. Yes. Right, and you finally found what you wanted, and you thought it was all there, but it really, in the end of the, at the end of the day, it wasn't. It wasn't what you wanted, and it wasn't what your future needed. And it wasn't what I deserved, right? To be honest, and that's that's the way. And I, I mean to say it. And that's like, the way I mean to say I'm it. sure it was very difficult for you not to say, "Hey, look, let's get back together. We can work through it this." Ta- it taught, no, it taught you to be strong. It taught me to be strong. It it teaches. It taught me that was the part of my life where I learned that your life can get dismantled in very big ways. But you, as individuals, you as a person, you could be strong enough to put it back together and put it back together better than it was. Right. So. In my mind, that's one of the worst things that could have ever happened to me, especially with the way I was mentally at the time, right? But it was also one of the best things that's ever happened. To literally, you. one of the best things that's ever happened to me because it taught me the one of the biggest. It taught me to be tougher, which you need to be because this world is seriously chaotic, right? It's it's not meant for weak people. Like the only it's really way, not, yeah. the only way you get stronger is through exposure. Now that was tough exposure. 
but it's important. It helps shape who you are so you can make it better in the future. Now I learned how to avoid part, partially learned how to avoid bad relationships so I can build better ones. Right. 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 So, and then I carried my life forward. Yeah. So uh, but my, my next question is you stole the car. Shut um, off her cell phone. Shut off her cell phone. What did you, what, what were you, what did you focus on? Myself. Yourself. It was myself. It was, uh, you know what? Enough of this. I'm not going to be chasing girls. Trying to, I need to focus on me. Yeah. And that's when my life turned around. That's when uh, it's an aha moment and everybody has a couple of them in their lives. And then did you it, find it, fitness at that point? I was always fit. I got more into like certain types of fitness. I got into like some weightlifting and then I did bodybuilding and then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. We'll talk more about that. Don't worry. Yes. I have worn a man thong and rolled on some spray tan. Okay. But, uh, and then, and then I continued with snowboarding and then, uh, a few years later, ironically, I was in a another long-term relationship of three years uh, that wound up towards the end being not so great, but it started out wonderful. So mm-hmm. I have nothing bad to say, historically speaking, but it ran its course. Right. But at the end of that relationship, I got into an extremely bad snowboard accident. And the, the short of it, which you can go back to episode 10 and listen to, is I woke up in a coma at Dartmouth Hospital, unable to walk, unable to really talk, had a facial paralysis, lost a lot of spinal fluid, half my blood, uh, had a TBI, traumatic brain injury. Uh, my temporal bone was busted on my left side. So in the course of <clears throat> my time at the hospital, I was told of all the things I would never be able to do again. My, my father had to sit me on the toilet, so I'd go to the bathroom. My parents had to sit me in the shower. Now, this was a freak accident. Yeah, freak accident. I was not wearing a helmet. Everybody, please wear helmets. Mm -hmm. And I was only going very slow through the trees, caught a branch under the snow, and it swung me into a tree. Right. And the next thing you know, I'm waking up in a hospital being told all the things that I couldn't do. Uh, go back to episode 10 for the real detailed. Yeah, there's a episode 10. We very, very <clears throat> detailed on it. Very, it's yeah. an incredible story. But, but what it did was it kind of set a new standard of living in my life is where I'm going with this. Cause I had to spend the next few months relearning how to walk, relearning how to talk, relearning how to do everything. I had the support of an excellent company. Thank you. Blue Buffalo, by the way, who I worked for, for many years without them, I never would have been able to. You were working for Blue Buffalo. I was working for Blue Buffalo at the time and they treated me like family. Mm -hmm. Like they paid me an extreme bonus when I was out of work for three months, even though I, it wasn't, I didn't earn it, but they gave it to me knowing that I would have the cost that they saw the value of me as an employee in the future, not at the moment. And, and I thank them so much for that. And my parents and friends stood by my side and helped me in my recovery. I mean, so prior to this accident, you were a tremendous snowboarder. Yes. Well, what else were you doing? Were you a runner? Uh, I I was running a little bit before, not a lot. I actually got into running afterwards. Uh, episode 10, again, it'll talk about my career in obstacle course racing after, after it, but I was just very active. I was a very, very active individual and I was more or less on my deathbed being told everything that I wouldn't be able to do again. And I made a very cognitive choice to say no, but like, wouldn't be able to what you can't, you like the doctor said, Kevin, you're not gonna be able to run. You'll never be able to run again. You'll never be able to snowboard again. Exactly. You'll never be able to do this again. Yeah. You'll probably have like, you might have permanent limp because of the lack of balance. I have no balance or hearing in my left ear. That's a permanent injury. And because of that, I would be impeded for the rest of my life. I don't like that idea. And with the help of friends, I said, let's, let's make a structure. 
where I'm, I'm making sure I get enough rest every day and I can push my limits a little further every day until I get to where I want to be and then keep going. I signed up for my first obstacle course race while I was still in the hospital. I Because you were like, fuck this. I'm not going to. It was uh, a turning point because you learn how precious life is when how it precious. can so readily be taken from you. Just so like quickly. that first experience I told you, how quickly your life could be dismantled. It can also be taken away from you extremely quickly. So there's no use in wasting it in being told all these things you can't do. Yeah. So that being said, it led me into like a spiral of falling in love with different elements of fitness mm -hmm. and teaching myself how to structure your life around making it better in every way you can every day. You could be X amount better at everything every day to get to whatever kind of goal you want to set for yourself. Right. And with the help of friends and family, and my job, I was able to keep doing that. It led me to a very good athletic career. So how long, let's just go back quickly. How long were you, I guess, in in your house, not being able to walk, talk, do all, like, is this six months to a year? I would say the recovery to the point where I could say that I was starting to do things that I wasn't doing beforehand was six to nine months. Mm -hmm. And then in to this day, it has progressed since then. So that story is too long to even tell on a podcast. But, but, that, but was, what, that was a time where... You could have easily fallen into a woe is me trap. Extremely easily. And I see how people can do that. I mean, like I didn't take my, a lot of my medications because I know that there's an opiate panda uh, pandemic mm -hmm. going around and it's very easy to get caught into that habitual loop of taking drowning up. your sorrows, taking your medication and struggling through your days instead of just pushing yourself into the pain cave. Right. And making your life better because what's going to hurt today is going to make you stronger tomorrow. And that's something that I learned through both these experiences. Definitely. And what I wanted to get on a topic from this is that every single person that I've run into in my life and everybody that I try to meet, I want to be a positive influence to. And one thing I want to tell everybody is that you are capable of so much more than you think you are. Because mm -hmm. in life you're going to have a lot of people telling you things that are outside of your wheelhouse. And I'm not just, I'm talking your career. I'm talking fitness. I'm talking wellness. You could be talking relationships, put into whatever context you want. You'll be told a lot of things that you're not going to be capable of, or it's outside of your reach. And I want every listener and person that I run into in this life and people that I have, personal contact with to know that you are better than you think you are yeah. and you're capable of more than you think you are. And all you got to do is make the choice to become a better version of yourself. And you can set whatever goals you want, large or small. The big trick is just making sure that you know you're worthy of them and take whatever steps and progress to get there. They'll yeah. always be, if you have the right friends and family, they're going to help you do that. Which is Now, did you, did you have a great support group? Cause that was my next question. Now, who, like you could have had people telling you, Kevin, you're not going to be able to just skip, just stop, you know, just, just focus on walking and, you know, being a normal person again, you're never going to run. Did you have a support group to say, Kevin, you're going to hit this fucking race, dude. You're going to get both. You're going to get two people that tell you you're two different types of people and you get to choose who you listen to. You're going to have people that tell you you're doing too much. Mm -hmm. You need to take it a step back or just focus on this or calm down a little or take your time. And then you have the other people that see your potential and will let you, cause nobody knows you better than you. So if you want to push your limits, push your limits, don't hurt yourself. 
But whatever those limits are, work harder. But don't, like basically, you know, you know your limits. Someone else doesn't know your limits. No, but so you how, have people how, that are going to help you get, get to your, your limits. limits. But don't listen to people tell you that you're not going to be able to do that because it's not their limits. It's your limits. If there is limits. Does that exactly. make sense? Exactly. Uh, uh, listen, the, the, the concept of limitless is is very stupid. Like, yes, it, we are not limitless as humans, but you get to choose your limits within a context, right? And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Right. right. You're, you're capable of whatever you put your mind to. Exactly. As long as it's within reason, you're not going to turn into a bird and learn how to fly. Right. Right. That's not in context. But if why, you, why can't you do that? It, it, don't start with me. <laughs> <laughs> don't start with me. But and in doing so, you also learn how to organize the group of people around you to do so. Right. One thing we touch base about a little bit. What I also learned from that experience is there were. A lot of people around me that weren't going to help get me to where I need to go, right? Yeah. And we talked about it with Danny Chance a little bit when she was on the podcast mm -hmm. that if you don't make room for the right people, if you don't get rid of the wrong people, you're not going to make room for the right people. Exactly. So it was a cleanup. It was an opportunity yeah. to clean up my life. Like for you, I mean, you had a goal. Like you wanted to run in that race. Yeah. So you needed people in your corner to help you get there. Yes. You didn't need people telling you, Kevin, you're not going to be able to run in that race. You'll never be able to do it, Kevin. You're going to be surrounded by those types of people. You're going to hear it. And you can tell them all to fuck off. You can tell them all to fuck off. But you also, at the same time, need people in your corner telling you, Kevin, you can fucking do this. Yeah, those are the people you want around. Those are the people. And not you... even the people that tell you you can do it. The people that want to help you get there. Yeah. The best part is you get to take people on this journey, right? They're going to end up better for it, too. Right. One, because they support you. And two, because they're going to gain some knowledge or learn something new or become more fit, you know, whatever it is. Like we're talking physical health right now, but it's also career and mental health and wellness. Like you get to take people along that journey with you. And there's no greater thing in the world because that means that not only are you helping yourself, you're helping others right on the way. And that is a, a big, big thing that I want to purvey to, to anybody listening is the fact that not only are you capable of more than you think, you can also be a positive influence while you do it like, on other people, on other, on other people. And we said this off air before a, a, a very, very great quote. I think my favorite quote of all time now, and I just recently heard it is who you are now is nothing compared to who you can be. Exactly. Remember that though, yeah. like who you are now, doesn't mean you're not great. Right. <clears throat> but it's not over. That's like the what the analogy we used is people leaving college, right? Like these were the best years of your life. Really? At 22? You're 22. So right. the rest of your life is just this, right. you know? No, that's so depressing. And, and, and it's way more optimistic to think. Every the, year you every year you get yeah, is a better year. You get a career. You get to pursue a career and then a goal and then a family. And then you have kids. Right. And then if you have kids, all of a sudden every day is better than the day before exactly you're gonna have hardships along the way sure life is brutal and is extremely chaotic and soft people will not make it you know what i mean yeah. they will cripple under the weight of life yeah all right yeah but it, the people that stand up to it will be better for it and they can make people's other people's lives better along the way definitely and that that's really what i took out of that entire journey that led me to here i mean shit. you're you talk about that though. Talk about like what you accomplished after <clears throat> that. That's really fucking important. Well, just for context for people, because 
maybe they don't know what I've done, right? When I say you really can do anything, you can do anything. I was told I won't run again. I won't walk. Yeah, again. talk about I that. became a top tier athlete in obstacle course racing. I qualified for the hardest race in the world, which was the Spartan champ- uh, Spartan World Championships held in Lake Tahoe. Ran that. You, episode 10, we go into that a little mm-hmm. bit too. But that was a huge goal. But the thing that I also learned is goals compound on each other. Right. You, if you reach one and you're the right kind of person, you make another one. You make another one. And it could be lateral. It could be greater. It could be, and and then uh, and then CrossFit, which we talk about all the time. And this has been my favorite sport that I've been involved in. The one that's probably going to stick forever. Because, forever. I mean, coming from not being able to walk ten years ago, sitting, being sat in the shower to bathe myself. I did the hardest CrossFit Games workout that was ever established yesterday. Yeah. It took me an hour and 21 minutes to brutally suffer through mm-hmm. um, at Atlanta. And and it's and it's it's possible. I, I, I walk on my hands. I do weighted handstand yeah, it's, walks. It's like, incredible. Like, and that's just the physical stuff, too. My career has taken off. Like, mm-hmm. my, you, my but- friendships have gotten even better. The people that helped me through this have come along with me on the journeys. Yeah. Like, Jeff who was the gentleman, Jeff, thank you. Cause I wouldn't be alive without you today. Mm-hmm. Uh, for real. He was there wow. that day I got injured. And since then he just started CrossFit. He did triathlons with me, right. he did obstacle course racing with me, same with Ryan Hall. And now they're getting to this whole new, like they've come along on this journey, on the journey me. with you. It makes exactly. the journey so much better having. Yeah. And I think that's really, really powerful is, is the fact that yes, you overcame this tremendous accident and look at you now. But the cool part about it is you've brought people along with you. But the thing is, and it's not that I did it. That's not the important part to me. The, the important part is if I can do it, I mean, shit, I'm just me, you know? Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm the same person that I've always been that has learned along the way. If I can do it, anybody can do it, right? Right. I, I'm I'm no like, I'm human. I'm very fucking human. Yeah. You know what I mean? I fold my laundry. I sit down to shit. You know what I mean? I'm the same type of person that you are. But what separates you from someone else that maybe wouldn't have made it out of that accident the way you have? Mental capacity. But, but what, that's also your choice. But tell, talk about me, your mental capacity. I mean, talk about some of the things you've done in the last 10 years to make yourself an elite athlete from, hey, you can't walk or you'll never be able to talk to being a professional obstacle course racer. What are some of the things that you incorporated in your life to be able to do that? Because listen, there's a lot of that's hard work. It's the acceptance of hard work. Uh, and let's not even take it from the sports perspective because I don't want to like I try to be home. I want to be home. No, but like, also you I want you to talk about that. Yeah. What dude, what you did is incredible. But How did you do it? But remember, it transcends into everything, right? Yeah. So what I talk about in one facet transcends into all the different elements of your life. What what are what do you do? You get rid of the people that aren't going to help you mm-hmm. along your way. You get rid of negativity. You get that you erase that shit out of your like like it's the plague because it's not going to help anyone. People will have negative times and go through hard things. That's right. different. I'm talking about negative people. That's just who they are. Mm-hmm. Get rid of it. That's not going to help you. Surround yourself by the right people because the right people are going to want you to get where they're going to want you to get where you want to go. Right. Get to where you want to go. That's one. Two. Structure your life. In, in a way that matters. Like if you have goals, they're not just going to happen. You're not entitled to them. You got to work hard. You got to right. accept the fact that you're going to have to work hard. Nothing in life worth having comes easily. And the faster you realize that, the better off you'll be. Right. Because it's going to allow you to to realize that you're going to have to make some sacrifices to get what you want. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you, you can't be a professional athlete and go have beers every night. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's an option. It doesn't mean you can't have beers every night, but that also means that you're not going to be a professional athlete. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I, I'm not being negative about it. I'm just being realistic. No, I mean, that, that's, that's being realistic. That's the real thing. I think it's important to understand that, you know, if you, for Kevin to get out of where he was to be a professional obstacle horse racer, he had to put in a lot of hard work. This is day in and day out. You know, we all have to forget the fact that things don't happen overnight. You don't just become a professional athlete. You don't just become a tremendous athlete after um, having a 3% 3 chance of living. Okay. For Kevin to get to where he is today, 10 years after that accident, you better believe your ass that he worked so hard for that. Patience is incorporated into that too. Yeah. That hard work is for your entire life. You should be working that hard forever to get to where you want to go. Cause you should always be setting the next goal. Anyways. Always. No matter what it is. Like I said, career, fitness, family, friends, set that goal. So yes, you have to accept the fact that you're going to work hard, but you also have to realize that you got to be patient because mm -hmm. Everything in life that is worth having again will take time to get. Exactly. Like I'm 39. Well, I'll be 39 in two weeks, but I'm 39 right now. And it's taken me till now to get to where I am. But it, in my mind, I'm just starting. You're just starting. In my mind, I'm always just starting. And that kind of mentality is excellent. Yeah. Because it means that you always have something to look forward to. Always. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, nobody wants to be stagnant in any part of your life. Do you want your son to be stagnant? Do you want your no. son to not have stuff to look forward to? No. The next yeah. best thing is always there. It's always you there. You can chase that. Yeah. And you I, you know, that. you know, I've talked about this for myself personally, because I'm going through a transition right now where I'm getting myself in better shape. And I've talked about this on the, on the page, but let's all remember one thing. And I, cause I think this is really, really important. Slow <clears throat> progress is still progress. Okay. It there's there's no fast or slow progress. It's very subjective. Okay. Just because you only lost two pounds in 30 days doesn't mean you need to give it up. Just because Kevin was hoping to get 300 pounds on the back squat this month, but he dis didn't. That doesn't mean he gives up. That's a good analogy because that that is it. That is a goal of mine. That's a goal of Kevin. That has taken over a year. Yeah, let's talk about because I because I, I think that's really important. People, we are in a world where it's instant gratification. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna back squat back squat for six weeks and I'm gonna hit this number. No, you're not. If it's instant gratification, no matter what it is in your life, it's not worth having. No, because it's fake. It's fake. It's setting you up for failure. It's it's it, you, you can't be the smartest person in the room just because you went to college. You have to accumulate a lifetime of knowledge. Right. You it takes to a certain age and perspective where you have to respect wisdom and wisdom is a very good thing because it teaches you not what to say, but when to not say something, right. a, a, a wise men don't know what to say. They know when to shut up right. and they know when to listen. Yeah. Like, so yes, but I, you know, and also I, I think that's so important in this day and age is, you know, you, you talk about these 30 day challenges, six months or three month challenges. Okay. Those are great. Okay. But those challenges wear off. These habits that you're trying to accumulate in those 30 days have to last you for 10 years. Okay. This is a long, long term. We, we got to think long term goals. And I get this a lot. People message me on Instagram. Okay. And they say, hey, man, like, how'd you get 25,000 followers? And I'm like, well, you know, it's taken me four years of just con consistent work. 
that's what you need to do. He's like, why? You know, I've been doing this for two months and I, I can't get there yet. Well, you've only been doing it for two months. What is it? It's so many people. And I love the fact that you said 30 day challenges. You got to stop. If, if you want, it's, yeah. if you want a real goal, if you're, if you're really adamant about doing something, you're not, you should never stop and think about the thing that you want to do. You should stop and think about the person you want to become. Exactly. It's not the action that matters. It's the person that is doing the action. Mm-hmm. The, the people that are most successful in life never focus on the goal oriented portion itself. The 30 day challenge, the 70 day challenge. They, they go, who do I want to become and what can I do to become that person? Right. When you wake up in the morning, when I wake up in the morning and maybe I'm too sore to stretch or too sore to work out, like on the fitness level, what would the person I want to become do? It's a very well, good question. Right. To ask that's yourself. a very good question. And that's what you should do. Okay. What, what do you the, do? Exactly. What that, do you do? What You do what you can. The right. answer is you're not going to be able to do the same thing every day, no, no matter what it is, career-wise, life-wise, but you can still do something. You can do something. You can still do something. Right. No matter what it is. Figure it out what it is that you can do to get closer to that goal and just do that. Right. Small steps are fine. They're still steps. They're still steps. That's what I'm saying. You know, slow progress is progress. We all have to remember that. I have to slap myself in the face sometimes to realize that, like, I'm not going to lose 25 pounds and, you know, be 210 pounds in 30 days. It's not going to happen. It might take me a year. It might take me two years. Okay. You know, the short, short-term goals are good, but the short-term goals will eventually lead you to long-term goals. Okay. I think that's really important. So, um, you know, with these new podcasts we're, we're doing, we're going to keep them under an hour and I'm going to give Kevin right now to talk about Kevin's period. Uh, what time is it? We have about six minutes. Okay. That's perfect. Cause I, I want to give you enough time to talk about what you're going to talk about. So listen, if you, That's if, good. if you, That's if good. you've heard, uh, the episodes in the past, we'll usually end, uh, with what we call a segment called Kevin's period. It was developed by Adam Packy Pakila. Uh, shout out to Packy. Um, so Kevin, listen, the floor is yours. Talk about what you need to talk about on Kevin's period. Well, Packy said that he was getting, he was getting over some music quotes. So I'm not going to do that this week and let's see how he feels about it. So listen, Packy, uh, I want to talk about people in general these days and the concept of virtue. Uh, virtue itself is living within a moral standard, right? What is a moral standard? That's something that's very misconstrued lately. Uh, a lot of people like to use the term, well, you could be a moral person if you're empathetic. They throw this term empathetic around all the time. Empathy is really the ability to walk into some, you know, walk the steps in someone else's shoes to see things through their perspective. It's a learning curve. It means you shut up, you listen, you learn. What is life like in their eyes? But a lot of people forget that empathy doesn't mean that you get sympathy. Being empathetic and sympathetic are two different things. I can take the time to stop, listen to you, walk in your shoes and see things in your perspective. That doesn't mean it's right. And it doesn't mean I have to agree. Right. Okay. Exactly. Take a second to realize that. You're not kinder because you just let somebody walk on you. You're not kinder just because you're empathetic and you see it through their eyes. No, what a real virtuous person would do is take those steps to see things through their perspective. And if they are still wrong or you can help them, it is to tell them that they are wrong. It is not hurtful to tell somebody that they are incorrect. 
And it's also not hurtful to be mean at times because there's a difference between weak men and strong men, right? Mm -hmm. And we talked a little bit about that before. Uh, weak men in concept, and I use the term weak men because it's how it's read in the books that, that I read, but just people, let's say weak people. Weak people are people that have been coddled. They, they haven't experienced harm, hurt, or like instead of putting them in a room full of sharp objects, we wrap everybody else in bubble wrap, mm -hmm. right? So they don't have to experience negativity. That's narcissistic in a way. And it also makes the weak men dangerous because any little piece of hurt will send them overboard because they haven't been taught how to react to it. Anybody that has any sense knows that in order to make somebody stronger, it's through exposure, yeah. exposure to negative mm -hmm. things. So you also have to realize that innately we are not virtuous. We are not moral. Look at two-year-olds. They, right. they, they scratch claw, but like they're the most, it's the easiest way to see it because they haven't been taught. They don't have the mental capability to learn virtue sure. at that point. We're teaching them. So that being said, we all have monsters within us, right? Mm -hmm. And we're all capable of it. And something that I've read and that I very much so agree with is being harmless is not virtuous. Okay. The ability to be monstrous, you know, a monster to be monstrous, mm -hmm. but know how to keep that at bay. Right. That makes for a good man and a mm -hmm. strong man because it means that they are willingly not doing harm because they know the harm that it can cause. Yeah. But they've learned it mm -hmm. because they've been exposed to it. Right. It's that exposure that makes us better people. So it, it, it's a, it's very. Does it, does it, would you say it relates to like we have about a minute and a half? But that's okay. Um, is it this, on the same level as? Um, putting yourself in un uncomfortable situations to be, to become a stronger person. Yes, that's exactly what okay. that is. We, we as individuals are too powerful as humans to be naive. Yeah. Naivety is going to kill us. Like not exposing us ourselves to negativity yeah. and not exposing ourselves to dangers makes us incompetent. Yeah. Right. Cause, cause you're, you're saying, cause eventually when we do get exposed to that, we won't know how to react. We don't know how to react. And any little thing can set us off. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're you're going to conflate things that are not necessarily harmful with things that are harmful. Right. That's dangerous. That's dangerous on many levels in many different ways. So m make sure that you, you expose yourself willingly and in small th to, to the things that are dangerous in, in this world, to other people's ideas, to other concepts, other philosophies. Right. You know, the biden harris versus trump like they don't talk right so mm -hmm. ma so much of the division within the political spectrum right now is because there's no conversation yeah and that's that's what we need to do we need to converse more and be exposed to the things that we disagree with so we can learn from exactly, that. Uh, exactly. hiding from it doesn't make us better it makes us worse it makes us worse and and that's really it that's exactly. really what i wanted to No, I, I appreciate that and that and you know it that's very relatable in this time right now going on in the country. Oh, and go out and vote. I don't care who you're yeah, voting for. Yeah. I'm not, no, I, I, no joke. No, I was, I, I was going to say that actually too. Um, voting is um, Tuesday. We're today's Sunday, but make sure you guys go out and vote. Um, you know, I'm not telling you who to vote for. Or who Don't who, care who you vote for. It doesn't matter. People but, have died for but, you to have that right. Yeah, go out there. It's your right. Vote, cast your vote. 
Um, very big election, um, important. And like you said, uh, people died for you to have that right. So for no other reason, it's, it's to honor their sacrifice. Yeah, to honor it. So um, listen, guys, I appreciate you all listening. Uh, it's been a great conversation with Kevin. We're going to keep these podcasts in under an hour moving forward. So uh, I hope you all have a great Sunday and we will we'll talk to you guys next week. Take care. Bye.